All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Gal Pal Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where I help you understand why he screams at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sports Gal Pal, and of course, on SportsGalPal.com. And gals and pals, it's that time. It's Super Bowl time. And because I like a fair and balanced uh, newscast, unlike Fox... Um, <laughs> yeah, I made the joke. Sorry, guys. It's tired. It, it, it's Wednesday, and I'm tired. Anyway, but I've got a great guest on. Super, super duper fan for Sam. Derek Tang, he is the editor-in-chief of the AOSN. You guys see me tweet their stuff all the time. They have been great supporters of my podcast, and it's fantastic to have Derek on. And Derek, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, you have a really interesting sports story. I want to kind of get into this really quick. Um, you know, How did you actually get into sports? Um, I grew up, actually, I was born and raised in Malaysia. And so all of my sports background came from TV, really, growing up, watching all the sports, whatever coverage we could get. Um, Malaysia used to be a British colony, so being a British colony, I grew up on soccer. I mean, that's all I watched for the longest time. Um, but then I start, they started to show more American sports, so I started to get into the NFL right about the time when the Niners were dominant in the 80s with Montana, Rice, Taylor, and all that. Um, so I started to get an interest in that as well. And then I moved to America in 1992, and the college basketball team that I had learned to like, Duke, 1992, they were completing their back-to-back run under Krzyzewski. So, you know, I, I mean, I've been hooked on sports for a long time, even though I wasn't born in America. So. Yes, and so, and because of that, and because you now live in North Carolina, you are a huge Carolina Panthers fan. You're an actual, not a bandwagoner. You've dealt oh, with them no. with, during the the rebuild, and now the the rewards are coming in. I have got to say, when Kelvin Benjamin went down preseason, I was very worried about your guys' team. That was stupid. You guys have been phenomenal all year long, with the exception of maybe the second half of that Seattle playoff game and the game against Atlanta, where none of us know exactly what happened. You guys have been playing lights out the best football I've seen all season. I agree. Um, I, I was filled with a sense of dread as soon as the injury news came out. But, you know, in a sense, I think what has happened was the injury forced the team to step up in so many different ways. And what you see on the field is an all-around effort as opposed to, you know, Cam going deep with Benjamin all the time, which which paid off great for us last year. Um, but, you know, eventually that faltered. And after beating Arizona in the wildcard playoff, when we came up against a defense, that they turned us into a one-dimensional team. Um, and to be fair, we did play the, the Seahawks fairly close in the divisional round last year. Um, but ultimately, the difference this year is we have a well-rounded team. team. We're winning games with defense, we're winning games on the ground, we're winning games through the air. And, and I think the injury forced, forced Coach Rivera's hand in a lot of ways. I do. It paid off. 
I do agree with that. And it's that ground attack primarily between the fact that you've got a dual threat quarterback in Cam Newton where he could, if he had really wanted to, he could have been a tight end in this league. He could have been a running back. He could have been a wide receiver. I mean, he's a triple threat. Um, you know, he could have done those things. Or the fact is that you do have a very good run game. His um, connection between him and um, your guys' um, tight end, Greg Olson, has been the best um, matchup um, for the Panthers all season long. Um are you concerned, though, because the Broncos have been able to stop the run significantly in their games? Their defense is very, very good. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, between Ware and Miller, that's a pretty awesome set of bookend uh, pass, uh, rushers right there. And that 3-4 formation with the two linebackers coming in from the outside, it gave Brady fits all of last week. And I'm not going to lie that there is a concern there. But then again, on the flip side, Denver's never faced a quarterback like Cam before. And I think that's where I'm drawing hope in the sense that they can plug the gaps in the line and, and smother and stack the box to stop Stewart or Colbert. Um, but that just opens it up for Cam to roll out for a keeper or a bootleg. Or, you know, Shula is quite capable of throwing throwing something in, a, a naked bootleg, um, a rollout pass. I mean, there, there's the, the great thing about Cam is he gives his coaches and his any options on any given play. Yeah, and that's the thing, the big change. I have said this, I've argued this pretty much all season, um, particularly uh, midseason and beyond. Cam Newton is the MVP this year, without a doubt. You take Cam Newton out of that offense and you guys don't have a team. Um, but there are some other good matchups coming up. You know, again, I mentioned tight end Greg Olson. He's going to be lined up against TJ Ward, who gave Gronkowski last game a fit, um, basically for three quarters of that AFC title game. How well do you think that Greg Olson's going to handle him? I think Olsen will be okay. Um, you know, back, and I forget what year it was now, I should have looked this up, but when, when Olsen finished at Miami and he was drafted, the Bears picked him about two picks ahead of the Panthers. I really wanted Olsen back then. I'm really glad that it ended up, that we ended up signing him and he's still in the peak of his career. Um, I think Olsen can handle Ward. Um, he can be just as physical as Ward uh, tries to be at times. Um, the only concern I might have is, you know, um, when any of the other DBs step in the double, can we depend on the other receivers? Should Cam be able to find them? Because there will be those openings. They focus on Olsen, somebody's going to be open. Not only will they focus on Olsen, they're going to focus on Cam Newton, you know, trying, they're going to want to keep him in the pocket as much as possible because that's not where he's the most comfortable to be perfectly honest when you watch him and you mentioned Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware they had an amazing game um, for Tom Brady I mean against Tom Brady just huge two uh, I forget how many sacks altogether. are you concerned that this pair is going to really give him a fit okay I'm going to slightly disagree with you on Cam not being comfortable in the pocket. I think one of the great things about his season so far is he's, he's showing that maturity in becoming a pocket quarterback. I think that's where he struggled with consistency in the last two or three seasons. You know, he burst onto the scene as a rookie, and we ran that um, read option back when that was the 
back when that was the trend for so many teams. And, and he, he ran that system really well. But over the last couple of seasons, he's kind of struggled with adapting to staying between the tackles. But I think this season, what we've seen is he's become really comfortable with that. He's got the benefit of a great line that's bought him a ton of time in the pocket. Um, so he's had that luxury. And, and, and he's shown it with a number of times where he's been able to take deep shots. And I think that the line, the line battle um, between our, our guys on the line and their pass rush, that's going to be that's going to decide the Super Bowl right there for me. Yeah, but looking when you know passes when pressure, Newton tends to hold onto the ball for a while. Um, he actually is the seventh slowest in the league this year, so he is really it looks like susceptible to pressure. And the Broncos led the league with thirty four point seven percent pressure rate and fifty two sacks. Can Cam does Cam have enough line power to get past that? I think he does. Um, let's not forget over the last two weeks the Panthers played against the first strength the top-ranked rush defense and the sixth-ranked rush defense. And um, we basically managed to have our will with them. Um, what was it? 55 points in both of those first halves against Seattle and Arizona. Um, now, I, I'm saying this without any sense of cockiness whatsoever. I'm just kind of trying to balance the fact that Denver does have an awesome rush. I'm not going to deny that at all. Uh, but I think that the Panthers line has withstood a ton of pressure all season long, and they have come through time and again. Um, and again, that that's going to determine the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Um, looking at the other side of the ball, the um, it's ironic. When the Broncos were in the Super Bowl in 2014, everyone was talking about their offense, the offense best in the league, you know, some would argue best um, that they've seen in a decade, yet they floundered against a very good defensive effort in Seattle. This year, it switched where the offense isn't that great, led by the ancient um, Peyton Manning, whose arm might fall off at any moment. Um, you know, Demarius Thomas, never seems to show up for playoff or big games like this. So, um, and your defense is very good. Very, very good. So what um, what should we be seeing defensively from you guys? Um, I think Rivera and Sean McDermott have a big decision to make for Sunday. What are we going to do with Keekly? See, the, the great thing about Keekly is he's just as good in pass coverage as he is in going after the password um, and kind of like in a Tampa 2 where he kind of steps back and almost plays as an extra DB in effect. Um, you know, three pick sixes this season, six interceptions. So those are pretty impressive numbers in pass coverage for a linebacker. Um, and I think I've said this for the, for the divisional round and the AFC championship in terms of Denver's offense. I think Owen Daniels is so often overlooked, but we tend to forget. Peyton Manning made a career out of elevating tight end play around him, and look what Daniels did to the Patriots last week. Now, Manning may not light up the scoreboard, but I think the Daniels-Keekley matchup is going to be one to watch. 
I agree. I agree. Um, the other thing that comes with a big game like this is all the outside pressure. They've now had a week and a half. It'll be a full two weeks since they played their last game. This is still a very young squad um, facing a Broncos team that has been to the Super Bowl already. Many of them have playoff experience, and your guys are still kind of really young. Do you think that plays a factor into their performance on Sunday? I think it does. They're loose. Um, they're playing loose. They're having fun out there. Uh, and, you know, that, that kind of leads into that other big story of Cam Newton here is the, the whole what kind of attitude he's been displaying on the field. But they're having fun and they're loose and relaxed. And I think that helps that help translate into the type of play that they've been turning in week in, week out. The one time that we got tight this season was down in Georgia. And we all know what happened during that game. Um but, you know, we're not going to dwell on what ifs and if this team could have been perfect or whatever. But my whole thing is watching the opening night coverage on NFL Network the other night and watching all the local news coverage and seeing the players out and about. Um, I, I really like how loose they are. And, and the good thing about being young and inexperienced at this stage, they don't know how to fear being on the stage. That's a great point. And I kind of agree with you. I think like any other squad um, after the Atlanta loss and the way they lost in Atlanta would have so dwelled on it that it could have derailed, you know, playoff hopes. Instead, they just seem to bounce right back and go, okay, we lost one and they moved on. And I think also too, people are discounting the fact that Cam Newton has been in these situations before. Yes, a national championship, B- BCS championship, which is what he played for, is very different than a Super Bowl. But he was in that hot pressure cooker under media scrutiny because of his father and allegations against him. Plus, He's a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, that's a lot of pressure for a young man. And so if any of the young quarterbacks were in this, I swear he's the only one that's really prepared for this challenge. Absolutely. And, you know, the the thing last year with the car wreck, and he said this numerous times, is it just kind of puts everything into perspective. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, it's the biggest game of anybody's career. It's it's such a huge stage. Um you know, I, I said this to my wife the other day. I, I said, I, I bet they wish they could just show up and play the darn game. Um, but it's become such a thing. But at the end of the day, it's a game. And so much of, so much of, so much, so many times stuff like this needs to be put into perspective. And that's where that, that experience last year with that um, car wreck that he had, like he said already, several times this season that it just kind of puts things into perspective for him. And and, and, and I think that's that's got a lot of reason to do with why he's playing so loosely and, and having so much fun this year. One of the biggest criticisms for Cam Newton is the fact that he's playing so loose, that he's having so much fun, the Superman, the dabbing, uh, the dancing. People, um, Some people, not me, have claimed that it's a lack of humility. Um, me personally, I think that it's a guy who is having a ton of fun, who knows he's one of the best of the game, and is enjoying it. Absolutely. We need more of that in the league. I'm not talking about trash talking. I'm not talking about showing up opponents. But, you know, he's not doing anything to rub it in anybody's face. Um, not once have I seen him do anything intentionally to taunt. Maybe the one in Tennessee where he was confronted by a defensive player. But other than that, I mean, he's doing it. He's playing up to the fans. This is what the fans want. They love it. 
I used to live in Charlotte back in the last Super Bowl run, back in 04. And the energy around town was just unbelievable that year. I would kill to be down in Charlotte right now. Um, I live about an hour and a half away now. Um, it kills me that I'm not there right now. But just I can see and I can feel the excitement that it brings. And, and of course, we all see, you know, the whole thing with handing the touchdown balls to kids. I mean, don't we hear enough about athletes getting in trouble and, and then you have you have guys like, Greg Hardy, you know, physically having a physical altercation with his coach during a game. And you have the, the Bengals and the Steelers just making a mockery out of everything during their game. Um, don't we hear enough about that that we can't just sit back and, and have a laugh at a guy having a good time? I agree. All right, switching gears for a minute because you do like another pretty famous um team in based in North Carolina you are a proud blue Duke, uh, Duke Blue Devil and it's normally fun for me to have Blue Devils around me because of the trash talk and the fact that Virginia has magically oh he's putting on his hat oh god um, <laughs> yeah you know which one do you want which one do you want oh, I can Derek, you know what one of my favorite memories is ever? The 2014 ACC Championship, um, Tournament Championship, when we beat y'all. That was most, most enjoyable. Let me tell you, most, most enjoyable. That the confetti rained down. We were so loud. We were louder than your pet band. When your pet band played, the UVA fans were louder than Uh, you guys. I will give credit where it's due. Bennett's done a tremendous job in Charlottesville, and I'm happy to see that for them. Smug dukiness here. But you guys are having an off year, and it, I know it's making a lot of Duke fans uncomfortable. And you and I have spoken privately about that. I think they, and actually, no, publicly on Twitter about this. I think you have a reasonable approach that these things happen. It's very hard to duplicate national championship um, level. And you guys had a rare talent in, um, who was it, Okaford last year that was just a rare kind of like once in a blue moon, you get one of those one and dones that are that, that impactful. Um, you know, what does the team need to do to kind of write its course? Because right now there are sports writers out there, not that they know anything, that are saying that Duke is actually a bubble team and may not make the tournament. That's crazy. Well, all I got to say to that is this. What coach in his right mind would want to play a bubble team like Duke in the first round of the NCAA? I mean, I... I, I'm trying not to be too homeless here, but to be honest, I'm not concerned about this season. Um, we lost so much of our offense last year when Okafor and Jones and um, uh, why am I? Oh, Winslow. Gosh, how could I yeah, forget Justice this? Winslow, yes. <laughs> yeah, but win- I had Winslow nightmares and- about that kid. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of players did last season, but, you know, that was a huge chunk of offense last year. And we lost all three of them. We lost Quinn Cook, who was just this talismanic figure in terms of leadership and heart that he brought to the team. And, and the one guy that we were looking to to be the Quinn Cook this year, Emil Jefferson, he's been out for an extended period with his foot injury. Um, so I think in terms of a letdown, I honestly expected a bit of a letdown coming off a championship year, I mean, there's a reason why teams don't repeat that often anymore. Um, that's just the nature of, of the game now. You know, we're not going to see a John Wooden with how many straight did they win? Seven or eight? You know, that just won't happen in the modern college basketball game. So there was going to be that letdown. 
Um, I think, and then of course, things just got exacerbated a bit yesterday, going down to Georgia Tech without Coach K, and all of a sudden, we're back to 1995, where Coach K had his back injury, and he was out for the season, and Duke didn't even make the NIT that year. Um, I, I think it's a lot of thick and little um, paranoia right now. Um, I think I think we'll be fine. I think we'll make the tournament. Um, we may not be a high seed, but you know that that could very well play in our favor. But that takes a lot of pressure off of us. But on the flip side, I also understand as a Duke fan all these years that no matter whether we're ranked or not, no matter how badly we're playing, there there's always going to be a target on our back. Yep, I'm sorry. I don't feel bad for you guys at all. I mean, that was, that was that was a love of like sob story about you know oh poor Jefferson and we don't have Justice Winslow anymore. Nope, don't feel bad one bit. I do feel bad that you won't be taking care of Carolina. Come on, you got to do your part here. Um, don't count us out yet. Good, when, just just when, focus when on Carolina. Other, when we play each other, you know, even back during that year, nineteen ninety four, when when we were just horrendous, or ninety five, when we were just horrendous, we played Carolina within three. Um, and we were uh, Hail Mary 3 away from tying the game late. Um, and, and that was with a roster that didn't even make the NIT, and Carolina went to the Final Four that year. So, you know, don't count, don't count us out for those games. Um, are we going to sweep them? Probably not, but, I mean, you know, how can I put this mouth? Uh, we've kind of dominated the rivalry lately, so... It's time for them to have a little bit. Let let them pump their chest out a little bit, maybe. But again, don't count it out. Yeah, no, I don't say anything nice about any of my rivals. You're hilarious. Um, and at least my coach, my coach, and I would say this to them, does not dress like a used car salesman because Roy Williams' choices of jackets are just. <laughs> Very interesting. I mean, that's all I'm going to say because I want to keep. I want to keep like the good karma going for Virginia. You know, we, we're managing to win on the road. We're managing to win at home, and and finally, and um, I'm hoping that the ghost of um, it, it's very eerily similar to your guys' this season. Honestly, where you had we had such a good um, preseason, and then we get into the ACC and like road games for whatever reason, to stupid right. mediocre road teams. And if this means we win the national championship, fine. I'll lose to I'll lose in Blacksburg, no problem. Yeah. <sighs> It's the beauty of the ACC, though. It is, and it's a gauntlet. I mean, that's the thing people don't realize is that any given day, you take any of these teams, at least in the like the top eight or so, you put them in any other conference, they would dominate that conference without question. And I think one thing too about you, what you just said, kind of brought, brought that up in the very time I'll touch on this briefly. Last year, Coach K proved that you can win a national title with an eight-man rotation. Um, Right now, we're effectively rotating six, and I think that's really stretching the limits of productivity for the team. And I think if we are to pick it up, I think guys like Derek Thornton and Chase Peter are going to need more significant minutes. Um, there are folks who think that they've been overrated with whatever little time they've been getting. But then again, you have to consider that it has been limited time. You don't get into a rhythm until you're given more minutes. And I think if, if that happens, then the season month is probably going to start turning around. And Coach K has shown that he's not above mid-season adjustments. 
And that's why he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Derek, you are the editor-in-chief of the AOSN. The AOSN, of course, is one of my favorite sports sites. You guys have been so, so supportive of my show and my blog. I can't even say thank you. Um, you want to tell um, Galpal Nation a little bit about it? Um, it's a growing site, um, theaosn.com. Um, you know, we, we offer a platform for writers to gain exposure uh, and training. You know, we have several members of the staff, including myself, who have had some journalistic and writing experience. And so, you know, our goal has, has been to provide not just an avenue for writers to express themselves and their opinions, but an avenue for quality writing. Um, and, and we actually had a bit of a... I guess you could call it a paradigm shift this year, where we used to do a lot of recaps and previews, um, but we decided to make a shift towards long-form articles, uh, focusing on editorials and, and opinion pieces this year. And so we've kind of gone that route, and uh, we've published several articles, you know, um, So and we always invite folks who are interested to submit an application and show us what you got. There you go. And all the links to Derek and the AOSN will be on my show notes at sportsgalpal.com. And, of course, you can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Reviews, our welcome Galpal Nation. It helps, it helps me um, get into the search feeds and has more people finding the podcast. And, Derek, thank you so much. And I am rooting for the Carolina Panthers. They have been my favorite team outside of the Philadelphia Eagles all year. They're so much fun to watch. I love Cam Newton. I think that, again, you guys play the way you've played. That defense holds up because that offense on the Broncos is terrible. You make that defense tired with the Denver Broncos, and you guys should be bringing home a Lombardi trophy to Carolina. Knock on wood. Keep pounding. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.